Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 25th of April, the 115th day of 2022, with 250 days leading up to 2023. Today in 1660, the English Convention Parliament met and voted to restore Charles II, successor to and eldest surviving child of the beheaded Charles I, to the throne. Today in 1954, Bell Laboratory announced the first solar battery made from silicon. Today in 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope was placed into orbit by Space Shuttle Discovery. Heavenward, tonight after sunset, will have the conjunction of the Moon and Mars, with the two of them appearing only 3 degrees and 54 minutes apart. Tomorrow evening, Venus will rise in conjunction with our Moon, the two being 3 degrees and 47 minutes apart. And on Wednesday morning, early pre-dawn, our Moon and Jupiter will have their conjunction at 3 degrees and 38 minutes apart. This astronomical Hail, hail, the gang's all here, is simply heralding the symbiosis of myriad springtime events burgeoning onto our downy scene. One that April with his shower suta, the draft of marsh hath pierced to the rota, writes Canterbury Tales poet Geoffrey Chaucer in his prologue, and bathed every vein in sweet liqueur, of which vertu engendered is the flower. Hence, that perennial partnership of April showers and May flowers is upon us once again, hot on the heels of Earth Day 2022 this past weekend, so hang on for a journey of the senses unrivaled by any of the other seasons. On other fronts, notable this past week has been the increasing prevalence of sub-variants of the COVID strain Omicron in wastewater sampling of various main communities and in test results of infected individuals. In addition to the BA2 variant that emerged earlier this year, we now also have BA2.12 and BA2.12.1. Both, says Davidson Hamer, a Boston University School of Public Health infectious diseases expert, quote, are quickly becoming the major sublineages of BA2 in New York and New England. During any given week this semester in the classes we teach at the University of Maine in Orono, my girlfriend and I are receiving communications that at least one of our students in each class is testing positive for COVID and subsequently needing to isolate and quarantine. Accordingly, mask mandates have remained in place for class meetings, though outside of classrooms, many students are not masking. In fact, should we be surprised that with mask mandates being voided right and left across the United States, that hospitalizations in many regions are again on the rise? For indeed, the count of COVID continues. Here in the United States at the moment, we have 82 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020. Dividing that number by the total cases worldwide of about 509 million, we find that we in the U.S. now have roughly 16% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. 16%, however, is an improvement over the 17% of last month and the 20% of the world's cases we had in the U.S. during February. 
elsewhere in a somewhat distant second place to the U.S. statistics. India has 44 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 31 million cases. Fourth place this past week again goes to France owing to its significant recent spike in cases so that its total since the beginning of the pandemic is now 29 million. In a relatively close fifth place is Germany with 25 million cases. Right behind with 23 million cases is sixth place is the United Kingdom. And seventh place goes to Russia with 19 million cases cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 28 months ago. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are now at 6.3 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are currently at 992,000, up at least 3,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks, only an average of 428 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. In other words, assuming a steady state of increase as evidenced thus far, by this time next month, the United States will be at 1 million deaths due to COVID and continue to be the world leader in that horrific toll. On the bright side of this statistical teeter-totter, though we continue by a vast margin to lead the world in COVID deaths, our weekly totals here in the U.S. have been steadily decreasing by more than 30% since February. Worldwide, more than 11.3 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1939 in the Bronx, New York, Al Pacino was born. Raised in the South Bronx by his divorced mother and his grandparents, young Al was an exuberant lad, reenacting scenes from his favorite films, jumping from one tenement roof to another in imaginary chases. Halfway through high school, Pacino decided he wanted to become an actor and promptly became a dropout, though he didn't wind up in some dead-end occupation. Instead, he found work in an off-Broadway comedy. William Soroyan's Hello Out There, which brought the young Pacino big laughs in his first stage role. The laughter, however, had an unsettling influence on him, and he reacted contrarily, not returning to the stage for a year. But when he came back, he had a successful role in the play The Indian Wants the Bronx, and that helped Pacino make the transition to films, where among his many notable roles was that of Michael Corleone in the Godfather trilogy. Today is also the birthday in 1599 of Oliver Cromwell, English military and political leader, who for five years became the Puritan Lord Protector of England after the beheading of Charles I. In 1874, of Italian inventor, electrical engineer, and radio pioneer Guglielmo Marconi. In 1908, of American newscaster Edward R. Murrow. In 1912, of Gladys Presley, mother of Elvis. In 1917, of American jazz, swing, pop, and blues singer Ella Fitzgerald. In 1932, of American basketball player Meadowlark Lemon, and in 1969 of Renee Zellweger. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the sixth week of spring.